Hey there, it's Preston here. And before we get started with today's show, I want to share a fun new opportunity with you. We're preparing to launch Freelance to Founder Shorts, five to 10 minute episodes addressing a singular specific question from one of you. If you've ever wanted to promote your business on our show, but don't have enough questions to fill a full episode, this is your chance. Just submit a question at freelance2founder.com slash ask, and we'll give your business a plug and include our best short answers to your question. As always, we can't do this show without you. So visit freelance2founder.com slash ask today and submit a question. You can send a text to record audio or make a quick video, and it just takes a few minutes at freelance2founder.com slash ask. We can't wait to hear from you. And now on to the show. Hey, everyone. I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, we all know client referrals can be a great way to grow your business. In fact, most service-based businesses still identify word-of-mouth marketing as their number one source for new clients. But if you never know when that next referral is coming, it can be a bit nerve-wracking. Today's guest, Eric Jensen, shares how to find and leverage high-quality referral partners for your business. Referral partners who can send you consistent leads on a predictable basis. We'll dive in right after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language. Order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee, and uh, I'm here with my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. Hey, man. Let's go. Let's do this. We're joined by our new friend, Eric Jensen, uh, who <laughs> right before I hit record was telling me he's probably got the easiest name in the world to pronounce, and that is true. I, uh, I double did a double check like I always do. But boy, it's nice to have a nice, simple name to say. So Eric Jensen, welcome to the show today, man. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. For for the listeners, uh, today we're going to talk all about something that Eric knows a ton about and has tons of experience in and some great expertise to share with us. And that is um, identifying referral partners, getting referrals from partners, and, and really just like the ins and outs of... Um, using referrals and referral partners to grow your business. So before we dive into that, it's going to be a great conversation. Before we dive into that, Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're working on, and and maybe why people should stick around for a little while to listen to our conversation. You bet. Uh, So uh, I am one of the owners here at Predictive ROI, uh, and we really help coaches, agencies, and consultants um, go out develop a position of authority, and then monetize that position of authority because we think most businesses are going about sales from the wrong end and they're making it a whole lot more difficult than it needs to be. What do you mean by that? Why, how are businesses making sales more difficult? Yeah, I like you. Uh, yeah, so uh, so kind of what we're talking about today is, is a good example of how to make sales a whole lot easier, right? Um, so imagine when a referral comes into your business. The sales process for that referral is completely different than someone who came into your sales funnel through, let's say, you know, a free offer on your website mm. or from someone who just happened to see you someplace or uh, worse yet, somebody that has you know, signed up for your newsletter at one point or another and has just been you know, getting emails slowly over time. Um, you know, each one of those 
sales process is, is longer, uh, more difficult. You're, you're fighting on different pieces. Uh, whereas if someone that you trust says, hey, uh, I understand your problem and I happen to know this person that can solve that problem, you should go talk to them. That's a, that's a good place to be as a business. Mm, interesting. And so you're saying a lot of businesses handle all incoming referrals, sorry, not referrals, all incoming leads a lot of times the same way, whereas you're saying, obviously, a referral should be handled differently than, yeah, something, a cold a cold outreach or, a, or you know, something from social or from ads or, or whatever it might be. Absolutely. You have much higher context with something along those lines and you can start the relationship off at a much deeper mm-hmm. level than mm-hmm. somebody that's coming into your, uh, your ecosystem cold. Yeah. What's an example yeah. of, of like just one thing that someone does something incorrectly for a referral coming in? Oh, okay. So if, if it comes to someone coming in, doing something incorrectly with a referral, it is you don't want to jump on them right away. And I, I know that that is kind of the, the concept that a lot of people go for. They're like, oh, great. We, we have this great introduction. We have this con, uh, context. We can go instantly to the sale. Um, and don't get me wrong, you have more of that, but you still need to treat them the way that you would any other prospect and treat them with respect. Um, and the analogy that we will often use, we learned this from uh, Drew McClellan over at Agency Management Institute, is you, your prospects are like deer hiding in the woods. And so what you want to do is you want to be consistent and you want to be delivering value consistently over that, that time that you get to... Uh, develop that relationship. Because if the very first time you put out some food uh, for the deer, they're going to eventually come out, they're going to take it, but they're, they're not interested in having you try to jump on them instantly right then. But if you take the time and you do it consistently, and it's something of value, it's food that they want, right? They're going to come further and further and further out from that wood line until they're eating out of your hand. Okay. Um, so just because someone is a referral doesn't mean you can instantly go for the sale. You still need to be able to demonstrate your value and understand the problems that that prospect is facing. That's good. I, I like that. It, you know what? It, it reminds me of uh, like whenever you're, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why this reminds me of it, but like whenever you're, whenever uh, you're dating somebody and, and you got the one guy that's saying, uh, Go ahead and call her right away, and then the other guy saying, "Don't call her for like three months." Like if, <laughs> if you actually want her, like, you know, like that's yeah. Like, so, I don't know. It's, that's what that's what came to my head. It's like, okay, which way do you go? And so it yeah. sounds like like there's a lot of like there's some experts that say you know like jump on it right away, and some are like, okay, like mm, punt the brakes a little bit. Yeah. So communicate right away for sure. Don't, don't let the person just sit there, right? (laughs) Because that shows disinterest. Um, but, uh, you know, again, using that, that guy at the party, we'll use that analogy, the red solo cup guy, right? Just, just because they met someone at the party doesn't mean that they're going to instantly get to third base. Right. So, and if they try, that's kind of creepy. So you don't want to be the creepy the creepy company or the creepy salesperson. No one wants to be creepy. Nobody wants to be creepy. So don't do but that. How do, you draw the, um, how do you draw the line then like between, I guess, or maybe a better question is what's the value that you bring in the meantime then? Because it seems yeah. to me like, I'm going to push back just a little bit because it seems to me um, other examples aside, like when a referral comes to you, if, if someone comes to me and says, hey, my friend so-and-so, you worked with my friend so-and-so, you did great things for their business, I'd love you to do the same thing for my business. What are next steps? Like, yeah, because they're in a buying mode, right? Right. I don't want to like slow them down. I don't want to say like, whoa, 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 right. buddy. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Don't hand um, me your money so quickly. But the, fir- the first thing you don't want to do is say, awesome, here's a proposal, right? Because you don't even know yet if that person is the right fit for your business. Okay. Odds are pretty good. They're a better fit than someone that's cold. Um, but we're big fans of, you know, seven habits of highly effective people. And that is seek first to understand. Okay, so if someone comes to you and says, hey, you did amazing work for this other person, I'm really interested in working alongside you, the first thing you should probably say is, that sounds fantastic. Tell me a little bit more about what you're trying to achieve. Tell me a little bit more about the problems that you're facing. Let's see if we can, let's see if we are the right fit for you um, because we want to make sure that if we take you on as a client, we're going to be able to do amazing things for you. Okay, so I'm going I'm, I'm to totally use this episode as 
the timing is perfect because I was just I just saw in my email that said referral from so and so and it's another client. And so she <laughs> wants to do she wants to work with me. I don't know who this person is. Right. But we like but she was referred by another client of mine. So like I literally just got this in real time while we're talking about this. And so I'm going to go I'm going to try your methods like whatever we talk about on this episode, I'm totally going to do it. See yeah, give it a go. And the thing is, is it's if they're intent on working with you, asking those questions is only going to prevent you from taking on a poor fit client. Okay. Um, And if they're not intent on working with you yet, but they still have out feelers as far as if you're the right fit, then asking those questions is going to make them feel heard. Okay, I like this. I like where this is headed. So, so let's um let's let's back up just a little bit though, and and talk yeah. about you know on on today's show we we really want to focus on like how do you get referrals from referral partners? Like we've all received referrals from former clients. We've received referrals from friends, whatever. Like it, it tends to be kind of random. And in fact, that's something we hear about a ton on this show. We have callers calling and say my whole business relies on referrals, and I, I lie awake mm-hmm. at night because. I don't know when the next one's coming. I don't know how to predict them. <laughs> it's like it's like it can be very um, unnerving for people. Well, so, you've yeah. you've abdicated your your biz dev and sales pipeline to others, and so that's <laughs> yeah, a good reason yeah, uh, yeah. To, to lay awake at night. Um, and a lot of times, when it comes to referral partners, we take whatever kind of stumbles into our path. We are not proactive as businesses designing what we want a referral partner to look like and how we want that relationship to uh, begin, how we want that relationship to be cultivated, and why that relationship is going to continue to be beneficial for uh, everybody involved, right? I, I so, agree with you 100%. Yeah. yeah well, so, so, so before we get too far down the road on that, though, let's, uh-huh. let's, let's back up just for anyone listening who doesn't who is hearing us say referral partner and they're like, what, what even is that? Mm. Like, is that... You know, someone I hire, a partner that that focuses on bringing like what it could be a million different things. Those two words. So, Eric, why don't you tell us? Give us context for this conversation. What is a okay. referral partner uh, in in the context of what we'll talk about today? Okay, so I I will give you what I think is an ideal referral partner, and then I'll give you an example of what is probably not an ideal referral partner. Great. Okay, so an ideal referral partner is someone as invested in seeing your clients succeed as you are but they represent a peanut butter and jelly relationship that comes from Pam Slim. Um, So peanut butter and jelly relationship is someone that is complimentary, but non-competitive to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the best way to kind of think about that is an audience ecosystem. Your ideal client is served by many more businesses, resources, and people than just you. They have to be. Okay. Um, they trust many, many more resources than just you, but each of those resources cannot solve all of their problems. All right. So if you can find the right peanut butter and jelly relationships of people that are also serving your clientele, your ideal fit clients, and they want to see those clients succeed and they don't do what you do, right? they're going to be thrilled to be able to go, oh man, my client is totally struggling with the thing that you solve. I'm so glad I got to meet you. I'd love you to meet a couple of other people. Yeah, perfect. Right? I, love, I love the peanut butter and jelly thing that you borrowed. I, I think that's, that's the perfect description of, of what we're looking for. Clay and I talk about this all the time with guests, right? It's like find mm-hmm. a few people who, who aren't your competitors but have the same target audience. Right. And, and we're big fans of putting together uh, what we call a Dream 25 list. Uh, Dream 25 list can be your ideal um, you know, prospects as far as uh, biz dev. Um, but I really prefer it when people do it as the ideal relationships that they want to cultivate. Um, so some of those could be clients, but some of them are the right strategic partners to be able to cultivate those relationships as well. Um, and where it always starts and has to, to, to start is know your audience and understand what is the ecosystem around that audience. What are they truly struggling with? Even if it's not something you can help solve, you got to understand the problems that they're dealing with. Okay. So let me ask this. Um, if, you know, earlier we talked about 
sometimes a referral-only business, and in fact, we had an episode a few episodes ago about this, a referral-only business can be really dangerous. Uh, yes. So, so I suppose, what's, what's different about a referral partner versus just relying on referrals for your business? Like, why should freelancers or, or agency builders lean in this direction of, of intentionally finding the right referral partners? What's the benefit of that versus just, you know, hoping you get, you get some, some referrals from past clients or, or maybe you're not even hoping, like we get tons of people who are like, I get, I get plenty of referrals. That's why they don't bother to do more proactive marketing because they get plenty of business from referrals. They just don't know when they're going to come. Right. Um, so if, if your business is growing smoothly just off of referrals and you're like, look, I don't want to bother with anything else. There's nothing I'm going to say today that's going to convince you otherwise. Um, and that's okay. Right. If if your business is growing that way and you're comfortable with that, the unknowns. There's unknowns in any sort of biz dev effort. Um, but what I would encourage those that are looking for a change is to be intentional about it because a a, ref, a referral source is someone who sends a referral to you when they happen to think about it. Okay. But oftentimes, as a company or as individuals, we're not doing a good job of cultivating those relationships so that we're always top of mind and we're being helpful to them. We're basically like, hey, as long as they send someone our way, we'll give them a virtual high five and a thanks, and then we're going to ignore them the rest of the time. Okay? Whereas a referral partner is someone that you find, you identify has the right characteristics for the referral partners that you want to have. Maybe that is the, the quantity of the business that they're doing. Uh, how helpful you can be, how well they align with your values, the exact sort of clients that they attract. Um, you know, all those, all those different pieces can come into play as far as what you want to do to identify that ad- ideal referral partner. And then you actually make a plan on how you're going to get to know them and remain valuable to them. And I think that's the difference is you want to remain value to your referral valuable to your referral partners, you don't want to be someone that is sitting in the back hoping that they're going to send someone your way, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you remain valuable? Right. So uh, it can be simple things. Like, honestly, just be really nice and helpful to your referral partner. I know that that sounds like crazy simple, but when was the last time that you sent just like, you know, a small gift to your referral partner and said like, hey, we love working with you. It's awesome. Yeah. Can you... Yeah, that's I like that. I, I, we we've talked about gifting and stuff in in previous episodes. Yeah, for sure. Like gifting, like for sure, goes right. a long way. Can you talk about the difference though? Like, um, I because in, in 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 other episodes we've we've talked about, um, I guess referral partners, but also like what I call distribution channels. Yep, that's um, a different type of partner. Yep. Yeah, like, can partner. you go into 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 that because there's quite a bit of difference, and I, I want to make yes. sure our listeners know what the difference is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yes, there are big differences in the sorts of partners that you can collect around your business. Strategic partners are generally speaking the folks that you are going to do something with. Okay, in a, in some sort of a collaborative fashion. Um, referral partners are folks that are going to be sending you business because it is good for them and it's good for the clientele that they're helping, right? It's got to help all three parties. It's got to help the, the, the client, it's got to help the referrer, and it's got to help uh, the person that is being referred to. Um, and then you have your distribution partners, which you just asked about. And the way that we define distribution partner is someone that is happy to share your smarts with their audience. Uh, not because they're necessarily getting paid for it, not because they're, I mean, and maybe that's the arrangement that you come up with, um, but they are distributing to their audience content or information that you have created that leads people back to you, all right? Um, and so they're not giving you referrals directly. They're basically saying, hey, here, well, I'm going un- to unlock the gate <laughs> I'm going to let you mingle with my audience, okay, in the sense of I'm going to I'm going to let you showcase your smarts. But if you can't showcase your smarts, nobody's going to come back and talk to you, right? Nobody's going to They're, they're essentially up. bringing you in a higher up in the funnel, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're a little further down in the funnel, you get a, you get an actual referral or a recommendation from someone that's a little bit further down in the funnel, you don't have to do as right. much like warming up and and value add and that sort of thing. Uh, even though you do have to do some like you mentioned at the top of the show, 
there's well, there's it's just a different kind of prospect, right? Right. And ideally, you if again, if you've identified the right partner, the right referral partner, ideally you're at multiple stages of the funnel. So you are sharing your smarts, so they're a distribution partner and they're indeed, you know, happy to introduce you to specific folks, right? Because again, that deepens that relationship, it shortens that conversation, it increases the level of trust if they're like, "Oh, I've heard of you guys, right? Aren't you the ones that did that, you know, article on X, Y, or Z? Aren't you the ones that gave that special presentation on X, Y, or Z? Yeah, I'd love to meet them. They seem super sharp. sharp. Yeah, that's good. I, 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 uh, so what about, what about like, um, so tell me, tell me if this is your experience. Like this is my experience. So like referral partners, referral partners, um, they they do expect uh, to reciprocate, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, like kind of a, hey, I'm going to send you referrals as long as I get referrals from you. Right. And we just keep this game going. So like there are, I, I, I think, because I, I want you to talk about like where referral partners, where they are in business. Because like there could be a freelancer who's just like one, two, three years into the game. Um, who they're trying to build a referral partner with another company, but they're well established, right? Right. They they generally don't care if they get referrals from uh-huh. you, but they just want to make sure that their own clients are taken care of. Right. And that right there is pretty awesome. I know that that mm-hmm. sounds weird, but that's it's actually ha- It's hard awesome. to get. It's difficult to get. It is difficult to get. And so what it is, is you have to treat that just the same way as you would any other sales effort, right? Because why would I send you a referral if you don't solve the problem? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same question as I'm going to ask before I work with you. Why would I work with you if you don't solve the problem that I have? So you really need to understand what is the problem that that referral partner is dealing with and is looking actively looking for solutions? So I'll give just a really simple example. Let's say that there is a company and they're, uh, what they do is they do websites. That's what they do. They do websites, okay? They're awesome at building websites. They're awesome at designing websites. And they're not so awesome at developing the copy for those websites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The right ideal, the the right referral partner for them is going to be someone who can come in and say, like, look, I understand your audience because you and I have the same audience. We work for the same sorts of companies that need this sort of work done. Difference is, I'm terrible at doing websites, but I am awesome at writing website copy. That's the specialty of my business is writing website copy for this exact audience and I would love to be able to work alongside you to make your audience smarter, my audience smarter, because I get questions all the time about websites. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Right? And again, if you've identified this is someone that you're willing to develop a relationship with, and by the way, we, we put uh, a litmus test to that. Are you willing to spend $1,000 to develop this relationship? If the answer is no, that's probably not an ideal fit for you. Right, you're just kind of hoping that it's an ideal fit. Um, and then, what are you going to do to actually develop that relationship? How are you going to engage with them on social media? Are you going to comment on their stuff, share the the posts that they put out? Are you going to, like I said, send them some gifts and say, "Hey, read this thing; it was really cool." Are you going to utilize um, conversation catalysts? That's the term that we use. Um, to be able to get to know them better. So, for instance, this podcast is a conversation catalyst. Okay. So if you identified a potential um, referral partner that you two wanted to work with, why would, and, and they're, again, helping the same audience that you help, but mm-hmm. in a completely different way, why would you not have them on the podcast to talk to them? No, that makes sense. Right? Yeah, it makes total and, sense. I and think, once you've got them on the podcast, why wouldn't you make a blog post about it and share it with them and then write a newsletter and sh- and make sure to send it to them and say, hey, we featured you in this. And then write an ebook about it and say, hey, we thought it was so smart 
Uh, we wrote an ebook about this. Feel free to share it with your folks. And by the way, we'd like to have you back for an encore interview as well because we've got some additional questions. Yeah, and meanwhile, you're you're each adding value to one another. I I love this idea of so so the more we talk about it, like the more there's a lot of content involved. I, mm-hmm. I'd love to. I'd love to, now that we've taken all of this learning that you've shared with us today, Eric, I'd love to yeah. now like rewind and say, if I'm a brand new freelancer, yes. or if I'm, if I'm a brand new agency builder, maybe I've been freelancing for a long time, and I feel like a referral partner could be you know, a way for me to scale my business. Be, obviously, that's what the show is all about. Um, where do I start? And what are the tactful things that I can do step-by-step to actually find the right partners, because I think we continue to gloss over that. It's like, well, once you find someone, then do da 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 da. That's great, <laughs> yeah. but it's like the, perhaps the hardest part is actually finding someone that's yeah. a good fit. So totally. I, I want to take a very very quick break here for a message uh, from our sponsors. After the break, Eric's gonna hopefully I'm gonna give Eric a second to think this through. I think uh, I'd love for you to walk us, Eric, and maybe we can do this all together through a scenario where it's like I'm I'm a, an early stage freelancer ready to scale my business, and I want to find referral partners. What do I actually tactfully do? So we'll be back you in bet. just a minute, and uh, and stick with us. We'll we'll hurry back. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's going to want to take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to Hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. All right, welcome back to Freelance to Founder. I'm Preston Lee with Milo.co. Joining me, as always, is my friend Clay from GetDripify.com and from an upcoming new podcast, Clay, called Coffee with Cool People. Maybe we might. Maybe I might have uh, Eric on there. <laughs> there you go. That sounds pretty cool. That sounds great. And uh, also joining us, as you know, you've been listening, is Eric Jensen. He's walking us through uh, some strategies about getting referral partners today. And Eric's gonna. Right now, we're gonna move into a portion of the conversation here to wrap this episode up, where we we get really, really tactical, really, really practical on. You know, I'm an early stage freelancer or an early stage agency builder. I see this as an opportunity to scale my business. Therefore, what? What do I do next? Like, what's let's let's start, Eric. What's the first step I take? I listen to this episode. I'm like, yeah, Eric makes a lot of sense. I need referral partners. So today I'm going to what? Okay. So the first thing you need to do is you need to choose your conversation catalyst. How are you going to start the conversation? Uh, as I mentioned before, podcast, interviewing someone, great. 
Don't have a podcast, interview them for a blog post series. Don't have a blog post series, interview them for a YouTube series. Don't have a YouTube series, interview them uh, for some primary research that you're doing. Anything that you need to do to start the conversation in a way that you are not approaching it as a sale, but you are approaching it as someone who is looking to learn. Okay, okay, so do I have to create content then? Because a lot of freelancers are, we get this pushback all the time. It's like, right. I don't want to start a blog. I don't want to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to create content right now. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, what I'm going to tell you is you're going to have to suck it up uh, because there are there are only so many ways you're going to be able to start a conversation. It's going to start with, hey, I just want to get to know a little bit about you and your business, right? Because if you do that, their spidey sense is tingling and they know it's a sales call and they're out, right? There's no value for them to be there. Okay, and you're so devil's advocate, could I just say... Uh-huh. Hey, I, I noticed we, you know, serve the same audience. I, I'd love to talk about five ways we could find synergy. Is that? Yeah. And, and again, that sounds like something like if, if someone is actively looking for a particular uh, partner or strategic partner, that's fine. But here's the reality. Most of the time you're going to get is, yeah, that sounds great. We'll schedule it sometime. And sometime never happens. Because what you're presenting me with is work. Okay, interesting. And I don't really want to do work. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I want you to solve a problem for me. And I'm, I'm totally willing to have a conversation with you if you solve a problem for me. I'm willing to make time for you if you solve a problem for me. But okay. So nobody wants, to, nobody wants to work, Preston. No, nobody I, wants to work. I know nobody wants to work and I hate to keep pushing back, but I'm, but I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm a listener and I'm hearing this for the first time. What am I going to be thinking? And that is, okay, so what's the difference between asking someone to work to find synergy between one another versus like, I'm doing a re- I'm doing research and I'd like to talk to you on the phone for a half hour. Like I'm personally, so I get outreach emails all the time and and personally right. I'm way more likely to respond to someone who says, "Hey, I've checked out your stuff. It looks like we're serving the same audience. I'd love to find a way we could, you know, find a win-win synergistic sort of relationship." Versus I have people all the time say, "Hey, could we hop on a call for 30 minutes?" I'm like, "No, I'm not going to I don't I don't no." <laughs> <laughs> right. And and so if Again, part of it is the value that's being put forward and how you do that ask. Um, so again, if you were to approach, uh, let's say, one of those strategic partners for you guys, and you were to say, hey, uh, I'd love to have a conversation with you about how we could we could maybe work together because I think that there's some synergy here, all right? Versus if you were to say, hey, uh, we hear, ha- I've been following your stuff. I think you're really brilliant. Um, and we've got this podcast. I'd love to be able to showcase your smarts on it. Um, because we share an audience and I think it would be super, super interesting to be able to get you in front of our audience because I think they could use your help. Okay, but let's again, let's pull this back to freelancers and agency builders. If I don't have a podcast, if I'm not a content person, yep. I could start a podcast, but okay. but but then there's there's really not a lot of value there, right? Like, hey, you know, you could be on my podcast with five listeners that I just started. <laughs> uh, and so like like what's the yep. val- what's uh, I don't know I I, I don't want to push too much here but but I'm just thinking through if I'm an if I'm yeah, a freelancer I'm, I'm agency builder because I love the examples you're giving us uh, as podcasters mm-hmm. right. I'm thinking like agency builders freelancers what can they use what's what's in their arsenal already that they can leverage right so if if you don't have any value to be able to bring to the table other than because uh, what you're saying is that I, I I actually I don't have an audience. Right. I, I, I don't really have much of a business at this point. Basically, I'm just hoping that someone is going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in and I'm going to get someone who is so desperately in need of my help that they're going to say, yes, I am totally willing to talk to you and figure out how this could work. Okay. And the benefit is 100%, I'm sending you business. You're making money off of the, this relationship and I am solving a problem for my clients off of this relationship. Okay, so that's kind of the scenario that we're talking about right now. So inherently, this freelancer is at a disadvantage in that they don't actually have any leverage, any power to to start that conversation. Okay, so let's just say that is the case. All right, then what you have to do is you have to be really, really super specific about who you approach and you need to be reasonable about who you approach. So what I would do is I would identify the pawns that my audience goes to to seek help. So these would be conferences, uh, these would be associations, these would be different organizations, things along those lines. Look at who is there, other businesses that are there. And then I would use those, that list 
as a way to start that dream 25. And then I would measure, I would judge those to the best of my ability. And I would say something along the lines of, okay, do they have a sizable audience? Um, Are they the right fit audience? Are they, uh, are they in need of the help that I need to, to, that I provide? And I would go through and I would judge yes or no, like green or red. Um, and someone that doesn't have greens across the board, I probably wouldn't approach. Okay. Because you're, you're probably not going to be able to bring enough, uh, to the table to be able to convince them that that is worth your time. You're going to be back in the situation you talked about at the very beginning of this, which is they know I exist every once in a while that they, they send someone my way but it is completely hit or miss as far as if that's going to happen and only if they happen to think about me in the moment. And it's going to be even less than that because they don't even have the goodwill of having worked alongside of you and been like, oh man, these guys are awesome, right? Yeah, so, okay, okay, I'm following. So I, I Identify there's... those cons, measure them, make a judgment call, and then you're going to have to go with a little bit of a numbers play of I'm going to reach out to all of these folks and I'm going to say, hey, I would love a chance to get to know you better. I would personally recommend starting to engage with them on some of their platforms or social media platforms first so that your name is not a complete unknown. Okay? Um, But when you come to the table on that, you better know their business. You better know who they help and how they help. Because if you don't, it's going to feel like a real waste of their time to be in the room and talking to you and go, man, you didn't even take the time to research who I was or who I help or the problems that I'm trying to solve. Okay. Right. Um, and, and that ends up being a worse fit or a, a, not only a waste of your time, but a waste of their time. And you end up having kind of a, a negative relationship out of that. Um, so if you're going to do, if you're going to do the approach uh, where you're just going to talk to someone like that, you're going to really need to make sure you go in eyes wide open, have your ducks in a row, know as much about that business as possible and how you're going to be able to solve that problem for them. Okay. Um, And then just know many of them are probably going to start that conversation off and be like, or they're going to end that conversation with, yeah, this is really interesting. Let me think about it. Okay. So what, what, uh, I'm just curious because we, we do have a lot of freelancers um, who do business locally. Right. So what would you say is some good, like actionable things to try to find Mm. referral partners? Uh, Yeah. So when it comes to doing something local, there are the the best way that you can probably go about that in my experience is to identify the, the groups or associations that already exist and talk to your current clientele about who they help. Mm-hmm. Who, who they sorry who they get help from so let's say um they are your your um freelancer here helps business owners solve a specific problem okay but it's not financial related it's just some other business problem okay um i would start asking like who do you go for banking who do you go to for your um you know your accounting work Mm-hmm. Who do you go to for your um, services in regards to maybe, you know, where you rent or where you get your cleaning done or things along those lines for your office? Because if you're going to be focused on local, you're going to want to be finding the sorts of relationships that they have that are also local. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because those local relationships, great, walk into their office. Now, now you don't have to do an email. You can you can actually go in and say like, "Hey, uh, I heard some really cool things about you and your company. I happen to be in the area. Just wanted to stop in and say hi. Um, and I would love to get to know you and your business uh, a little bit better at some point because I have a feeling uh, there might be something here that we could we could work together on." Are you saying uh, like like walking in cold? Yeah, uh, because if you're local, you already have a little bit of a deeper context or relationship than than otherwise. And walking into a business is a whole lot easier um, to have a conversation with someone than emailing. Now, okay, if you've got okay, find- but hold on, Eric. You you yeah. just said you just said ten minutes ago. Yep. Don't just don't just contact someone and say I'd like to get to know more about your business because they can smell that a mile away. And then you said. Now you're saying totally. walk into their business and say the same thing. Is it because you have the local connection? Like, what, what's the difference? 
you have the local and you can say, hey, this person that you know, this person that is your client was telling me about you. Right? So you've actually given goodwill to the client that has recommended that you, that you, you know, this is the person that they use. Like, oh man, I was hearing great things about you from Tom. Um, Tom said that you guys do just awesome stuff for him about X, Y, and Z. Right? That, that feels better. Now, again, I would still recommend doing all the things that we talked about before. Uh, reach out on social, get to know them, reach out an email, get to know them, follow their stuff, make sure... Because again, all, all of what you're talking about for that style of a referral partner is, is the same as a cold call. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, and so just the same way as you'd approach a cold call, you need to approach that referral partner because it is a sale. It's just a different sort of sale. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I, I see where you're going with this. I, you know, I've had experiences like this as well where I guess maybe I'm a little more forward than, than you're suggesting. You know, I haven't taken the time to do like the, the warming up over social. And maybe you know, Clay probably has some experiences here in a sec that he could share with us. But I've done some where it's like, I, I just... Like here's a good example. There's this company called Hectic. Uh, and they're fairly new and they're serving freelancers. Of course, we serve freelancers at Milo. And I just reached out and I just said, hey guys, love what you're doing. I'd love to find a way to find some synergy. There's a quick message through their chat thing or whatever. They emailed me back and um and and we have now developed a partnership where we send each other customers, right? So so mm-hmm. I, you know, we send them customers. They do actually give us an affiliate fee. Um, right. But then like and, we're featured on their blog and stuff. And so it's this mutually beneficial partnership. But but I didn't I didn't have to like warm it up way ahead of time. And I guess I guess that's the piece that I'm 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 thinking like if I'm a freelancer listening to this episode, mm-hmm. I don't have time to like warm up a hundred leads, you know, or like like comment on social media and follow them and know all their stuff and yada yada. I like I'd rather just find a freelancer who's in my same stage doing work for the same audience but you know like you said web designer versus copywriter and just reach out to people and say like hey you know what can we do to work together and i guess i don't know clay do you do you have any experiences where you've worked with a referral partner i know i feel like you've talked about this in the past have you had any experiences doing that yeah i i I totally get uh eric what you're saying about warming them up and and like uh, engaging with them on social media getting them on a podcast or a youtube series um so more like and i'm just going from my experience from from growing a digital a local agency mm-hmm. um where like just one way of warming them up cuz i i do agree with 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 you know trying to warm them up if you can right. um without having to create a whole bunch of content <laughs> uh because just like preston said we do we do get a lot of pushback as far as like okay like yeah, i don't want to go yeah. and create a whole bunch of content and they're not building um, so, a media company, right? So yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're building yeah. an agency. So from like a local perspective, from from my experience, is just to go as lame as it sounds, just to go to networking events um, without the intention of immediately trying to gain that referral partner. Um, and if you go like over and over and over again, you'll find that a lot of the people you'll 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 see a lot of people repetitively. Right. And so just over time, they will get to know you just as a person. Um, and then eventually, maybe you go get coffee with them. And then they will just straight up be a refer- like, they will be open to a referral, being a referral partner, just because they like you as a person. Um, right. it, it, you know, as long as you've like, repeatedly, or, is that even a word? Repeatedly? Uh, repetitively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, if, as long as you've engaged with them in person, without being like super salesy about it and like that's just the way I've done it and I've gotten mm-hmm. some some really strong uh connections that way. Yeah, and and so this is this is where I would say you the the folks that are listening to this um both of us are coming at this from the same point we're just saying there's different ways to invest that time. For sure. To go to those mm-hmm. events and go regularly and hang out with people and have conversations and all that sort of stuff, that takes time, just like creating content does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The difference is, is that while going to that room repeatedly gives you good context, and I think it's it's an excellent way to be able to spend time, 
what other way have you grown your business by being in that room? You still spent the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's like it's almost like the it's it's the old fashioned social selling, right? Right. Old fashioned but, social media. <laughs> but out of that room, like, what else have you done to cultivate your authority positioning, to develop your expertise, to create stuff that is consumable by your audience? Things along those lines. Um, you're still having conversations, but because they're unstructured conversations, there's no way to leverage that conversation. And so when I talk about like creating content off of it, all I'm saying is you have to have these conversations no matter what. You can't get away from it. You have to. You have mm-hmm. to have the conversations. That's so a very good point. If mm-hmm. you can structure them in a way that you can leverage that into other beneficial assets for your business, why would you not do that? Yeah, that's a very good point. I, mean, I, mean, like, I don't know. There's a lot of work involved in leveraging it into beneficial assets for your business. Like you, you talk about, <laughs> you know, creating a podcast or an ebook like it's nothing. And I, I just think if you're if you're uber focused on, on just providing a service and building up a client base, and you don't care about an audience or you don't care about, um, you know, a YouTube channel or a podcast, I disagree. I mean, your list is your most valuable asset as a business. Yes, that's that's correct. But I but I think um, I think a lot of times we talk about audience, and and maybe it's just you know it's just word choice, whatever. So maybe maybe it's not that mm-hmm. important. But we talk about audience when you know what business existed long before we worried about growing our social following or growing our YouTube channel or growing our podcast. Totally. Um, and, and so I guess I guess like the the difference to me is like in in the one scenario and I'm not saying it's it's necessarily bad I'm just saying like let's present options because on the one hand you would you would be running a small media company on the side of your service based business right because you would have to be generating content for a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel or all of those and if you do it where maybe this more old fashioned way that Clay has brought up you're not having to generate the content you're just having genuine conversations and you can have those exact same conversations to build rapport with people and then, and then turn them into referral partners. Yeah. But again, what happens is you're still, you're, you're abdicating your ability for creating consistency in your biz dev efforts. Why? By I, I don't only having it through referral partners. So again, whether a person should have only referrals is, is right. out of, out of the question. We, we know that there should be other ways that you, that you grow your business. Right. Right. So again, if we can do two birds with one stone of developing referral partners at the same time as we're developing our list, because that's, that is how we, we develop lists is generally speaking through content. Um, then when it comes time for you need to be able to sell, you have multiple sources to be able to go to. You don't just have your fingers mm-hmm. crossed and hope yeah. someone is going to send yeah. it to you. Right. Yep. So I'm, I, we are big fans of taking content or taking tactics and leveraging them so that they serve more than one Multiple purpose purposes. for the business. Yeah, I like that if for you, sure. You put all of your eggs in one basket, it gets to be really problematic because what happens if your big referral partner says, you know what, I'm retiring, I'm closing the doors. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. So what we call that is we call that a one-trick pony. And that is if, if the way that you are getting your leads or the way that you are getting your prospects is owned by someone else, you don't actually have any control over your business. You are building your business on a, an extremely shaky foundation. Yeah. So imagine if all you did was build your business off of, let, we'll say, paid ads in a community that you build in Facebook. What happens if Facebook is gone? You have no business. Is that the business you want to build? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right? so true. So while referral partners are certainly good and they are extremely powerful, okay, and they should not be ignored, I'm saying in the efforts to go about and gather referral partners, I would encourage you to build some strengths within your business that don't make you also rely on those referral partners. Um, because if you can build your list, let's say you lose all of your clients, go to your list and get more. Let's say you lose all of your employees or your team members, okay? As long as you have a list, you can find new employees and new team members and you can sell more. But if you don't have that, 
you're in a real pickle. Well, Eric, I think it's been an insightful conversation today. I appreciate you taking time to join us. Uh, hopefully, the listeners have have come away with a few different approaches uh, tactically about how to to bring in a referral partner and bring in more predictable referrals and as they're developing yeah. their business. So, thanks for taking time. Why don't you before we before we uh, round this out today? Why don't you let people know where to find you? I know you have uh, a book that you uh, can send to our listeners. Why don't you oh, yeah. let them know where that is and, uh, and we'll wrap this up. Yeah, you bet. Um, so easiest way to find us is just going to predictiveroi.com. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, we do have a book because we know that this stuff is really, really tricky. Um, and it gets much, much easier if you actually uh, are in a position of authority to be able to do this. Um, so if you're the authority in your given uh, market or your given um, niche, finding referral partners finding folks that are going to want to uh, work alongside you gets a whole lot easier. So uh, we do have a book. Uh, it is Sell with Authority, and it's at predictiveroi.com forward slash free dash book. Uh, we're not one of those folks that then like charge you $5 or for shipping or something along those lines. Fill it out. You get a book. It's it's that easy. That's simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we actually uh, we sent one recently to South Africa, and uh, that ended up being a, a whole thing. Uh, but uh, we will we will make sure that you get it if uh, if anybody's interested. Great. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing that, and Eric, thanks again for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. Awesome. This was fun, and I actually love it uh, when when we get to have these sorts of like. Uh, difficult, dynamic business conversations because there's so many different ways to to approach each one of these problems. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, Manuel. Thanks again and take care. Yeah, you guys as well. Talk soon. See ya. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.